everyone. Welcome to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I am Chris here with my co-host, Carol, Neil Carroll. That's right. Here we are ready to do deep dive into the world of super spy espionage. That is right. It's our Bond cast today. Oh, yeah. I'm very um, excited about this. I have many thoughts. Let's not bury the headline here. No. Let's share what we thought about No Time to Die. I know it's been out for a, a few weeks now. Yes. Um, but you have seen it officially. I and have officially seen it. We've given everyone the chance to digest and, and process what happened um, in this film. The last of the Daniel Craig Bond films. Last of the Craigers. And this is going to be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, skip ahead. Yeah, pretty spoilerific. Yeah. Neil, you are... Listen, we both, I believe, love Bond equally. Yes. But you might be more of a Bond connoisseur, if you will. I do enjoy a Bond film. I do like the lore. I did spend uh, the time leading up to seeing this movie, rewatching all of the Bonds, with the exception of the last Pierce Brosnan Bond and most of the Craigers. I watched Casino Royale to put myself back in the the Craig milieu, as it were. But um, yeah, so I did a, I did a deep dive. Watched them all again. And there were definitely, I'm definitely glad I did because there was a lot in this one that kind of harkened back. Yeah, this was, I, I know all of the Craig films are, you know, connected and, and um, serialized. Right. But this one was like calling stuff back to... Um, Previous eras. Essentially, it, it was saying... You've just seen Spectre. Here's the next movie. Exactly. And, and a lot of it is just straight from the events of Spectre. Correct. So let's, let's go about it this way. Um, have you seen every James Bond movie that there is or are there potholes for you? I believe I have. I couldn't recall every James Bond movie. I'm in the middle of a rewatch. I okay. know I've seen some much more than others. Right. Um, and I'm in the middle of my rewatch. So currently I'm on, I'm still, yes, I'm doing chronological. I'm still in the Connery era, but I'm at gotcha. the end. Um, gotcha, gotcha. I am at uh, You Only Live Twice. Right. And then it will be on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I believe, George Lazenby. And then it'll be Connery's return for Diamonds Are Forever. Is exactly right. Okay. And then we enter the... The Roger Moore era. Now, here's the interesting thing. So, you know, talking all things Bond leading to No Time to Die. Sean Connery starts it off. He's, you know, the super spy. He's rough. Elegant. He's smooth. Is I think is the best word to describe him. He's a cool guy. Yeah. But and and a very very sixties, very sixties. Then without a doubt. 
you get the changeover. You get George Lazenby, who only does it once. Uh, he was young. I think he was 29 or 30. And that movie is pure 1968-69 Europe. And it was so Eurocentric and such a European Bond film that they went completely the other way with Diamonds Are Forever and set it entirely in America, largely in Las Vegas, because they felt like that was one of the issues with uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service being poorly received. Well, what's it's, interesting is yeah. now it's regarded as one of the best Bond films. Well, that's by many. So like time, time tells a lot because it is regarded as one of the best Bond films. In my rewatch, and, and it should be noted, it did do very well at the box office. It was by no means a flop. It was just kind of in, like surrounded by controversy. Well, yeah, because they were, uh, as I learned from mm. my your suggestion to me, yes. um, they tried to bury George Lazenby. Oh, 100%. So, but I'm, I, I had hoped you would have seen it because... No Time to Die calls back a lot to On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Interesting. A lot. And so, you know. Interesting. Here's the main thing. Um, well, look, let's just do a quick, let's do a quick catch up. So then we get out of Lazenby. We go to Roger Moore. Roger Moore starts off with two very 70s films and then immediately dives into the color, the vibrance, and the, like, leans hard into the 80s. Okay. Like, his movies yep. change the most. Of anybody's styles, his changes the most. Well, he also does the most Bond the films. Most movies, right. And, he, and up until Craig, he spanned the longest duration. Correct. The only reason and why Craig did was partially because of the pandemic as well. COVID and right. And then you get Timothy Dalton, who I think made two excellent Bond movies, uh, is largely cast aside, underrated. And I think anybody that enjoys Daniel Craig's visceral performance, I've said this before, I think I've even said it on the podcast, owes a debt of gratitude to Timothy Dalton. Because he gave us that gritty, realistic, uh, actiony not i don't want to say action because they all have action but like really punch you in the face james bond right where i make the distinction he's also smooth and i don't think this one's smooth i don't think gregor's a smooth no this i don't think happen. he is but i i don't know that this craig's version of bond was meant to be i think that was purposeful Ooh. I agree because I think this version of Bond is really just a response to the Jason Bourne films. Okay. Um, but see, I, I have an interesting alternative to that um, okay. that I wonder if you'll agree with me. I, I don't think it's a response to the Bourne films. I think this is actually a response to the Batman films. The Christopher Nolan Batman films, which came out real. just before Casino Royale, right. and that 
the that series, especially Dark Knight, right. doesn't get enough credit for how it changed movies for at least a period of like five years where you were getting more darky, grittier, like tr- making it so that this world, you can imagine it being part of the real world. Right. I, I think that's legitimate. I think I feel like this was more in response to those because like the Bourne movies were were good, but and like they were successful, but they were by no means influential, especially considering like then you take a look at like a franchise like Mission Impossible that went the opposite way of the Bourne series. So I I don't know how much influence Bond actually took for Bourne or how how threatened the bond people were from born but then again you see how mgm was kind of run into the ground and who knows who knows what kind of decisions they were making and what what was behind it i i like that analysis i would go with that i think that makes sense i think that makes sense you i there is definitely a whole conversation to be had for the impact of the nolan verse on the rest of of film in that time and genres and all that i agree but like to power through, you get Pierce Brosnan next, who I thought, and and I'm biased because he was my Bond, our generation. Bond. Of course, of course. Um, I think his first three movies were actually really good, and having done the rewatch, uh, I think the the Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough were actually underrated movies. Um, his last outing was Die Another Day. Yeah, awful. Yeah, you know, I I can't defend that movie. But he was smooth, rugged, and you know he could punch you in the face, like especially in Goldeneye, which was his best, and I think one of the best Bond movies. Now, with Craig, they were serialized; they were meant to all connect. I feel like that's not a good look for Bond, having mm-hmm. watched all of them again. I, I think you could have put any actor in in a serialized set of Bond films, and I would still have the same complaint. So I won't pin this on Craig. No, I, I, I agree with that assessment. Yeah. Like, I just don't think that's what this is meant to be. If you want to do callbacks, like, for example, you know, Bond was married once. And his having been married once... Uh, which occurs, spoiler alert for you, if you, you know, it occurs mm-hmm. in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yep. Correct. So that to me is fine because it's dealt with in Her Majesty's Secret Service. And then it's like called back on in two separate um, eras. It's called back on in Roger Moore, where he's in one scene, he's actually visiting the grave. And then we launch into a, adventure and then it's called back on in timothy dalton when he goes to felix lighter's wedding and has like a sad look on his face and and lighter's wife is like what's the deal and he's like i oh, he was married long ago but you know we don't talk about it right so that's fine like if you're if you're hearkening back to elements to snippets to things but if you're trying to tell you know and and this is a response definitely to um world building like marvel world building uh 
Nolan verse world building. Like they wanted to do a, a universe building with James Bond and it's just not right. It just doesn't fit. You know, it just doesn't fit. Would you agree? I can, I can see that. Yes. Yeah. I do enjoy how Bond can basically have his own standalone movie right. every time out. And you, you know? also feel like he's less of a jerk because it's like, well, it's a whole new thing. He's moving on. That's it. But like he had to be almost like, I don't know, a decent person or tra- like we're, we're have all these feelings and elements that we don't need because he's supposed to be dispassionate. He's supposed to like move on. And this is what's coming next. So right. when I did my rewatch, I had a little bit more respect for Casino Royale because just like the book at the end of it, he's betrayed by the woman or he feels he's betrayed by the woman. Uh, he's pissed off at her. He now kind of has this attitude towards women and towards everyone where he's like, I just don't trust anybody. So every time I have an adventure, I'm out for myself and that's it. And I, I think they did that element well in Casino Royale. Yeah, and I, and I think too, it's the the thing about that is like there's always elements of serialization within the these bond movies like you said yes right and obviously you have the consistency with you know money penny and the consistency with uh m and q throughout the majority of all the bond eras Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that, I think I, I would say they did where they did kind of go off the beaten path was with the fact that we needed a callback to Vesper. Yeah. Every single Craig movie, every single Craig movie. didn't need it. Not at all. And didn't need it. And so now cut to no time to die. So I think Craig's best film was believe it or not skyfall because it was i agree with most... that i think it's it's yeah. between skyfall and casino royale but i lean skyfall skyfall and i think out of the bond craig films movie. that's the best bond yeah. film of the craig era and that i think for me personally i think that's one of the best bond films period yes i uh, I yes. Well, no, I disagree with that entirely, but I agree that this is Craig's best. Um, you know, you had an interesting and peculiar villain. You had uh, different locations. You had action. Yeah, like I was good with all that. Um, that was the closest he came to making a Bond movie. Quantum of Solace. I'm willing to not trash. Because it came in the middle of a writer's strike. There was issues, you know, from without external issues that made that a crap film. So um, I'm willing to not bash him over the head too much for Quan Wasas. This movie, the theme song to Honor Majesty's Secret Service was All the Time in the World, sung by Louis Armstrong. It was tremendous. At the end of this movie, you hear... Louis Armstrong's rendition of We Have All the Time in the World. 
Okay. That comes from, and, and, and uh, it's said twice in the film. It's said by uh, his love interest in this film, and it's said by James Bond himself at the beginning when they're driving. It mm -hmm. is like, I don't want to spoil this for you, but we have to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. In Honor Majesty's Secret Service, you know, I, I've of, seen it. I've seen, seen it. it. It's right. just, yeah. It's just in the past. So, Blofeld is a recurring character in all the James Bond movies for Correct. the most part. Um, and essentially, he's responsible for killing James Bond's wife in right. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And that was the thing. It's like, we have all the time in the world. You know, it's us now. We're together. And then that time is cut short. It's taken from them. So it was poignant to me and to, I think, James Bond watchers that that's how this movie ends. He's like, we have all the time in the world. But then instead of losing his wife, you lose him. Right. So I like that element i'm willing to give them kudos that was a cool thing but you don't kill james bond no you can't because that's the whole it's, now here's whole here's where you get into like questions okay so spoiler mm -hmm. alert obviously if you haven't already been warned enough times james right. bond dies at the end of no time to die dead um apparently there was a point in time where he could die so yeah. they had time to kill him right time to die um he i i i think the where they kind of lost what they were doing is like is this in its own universe its own like separate bond universe yes is this tied to other bonds the other theory is that james uh, outside of 007 mm -hmm. being a just a name for the agents uh, yeah. identification for for a certain agent right james bond could also be like a name and different there could be people. multiple it's all different people Mm -hmm. so sean connery pierce brosnan daniel existed. craig they're james bond by name but they're all different people right that's one theory as well um that has been floated out there um uh, what do you think so i think it's the universe the separate like this is earth two the, the craggers movies because as we talked about before the James Bond being married to this particular woman from Honor Majesty's Secret Service travels through three different eras of Bond, Lazenby, Roger Moore, and uh, Timothy Dalton. Right. So I think they're all the, supposed to be the same Bond. Right. I think Craigers is a whole different universe. And I thought that as I was watching this movie because that made it okay for me. I was like, you know what? All right. Because now when I do my rewatches, I can excise these films and hopefully continue on with like, they'll go back to being regular bond movies. But what, in what this movie he references though, like he, yeah. you know, it's the, we have old time in the world. That's fine. You know, he drives two familiar cars from the past and things like that. 
So he doesn't necessarily make himself references to previous, but like the, I, I don't think it's a designation. Like I think the number is fine because she says, "Oh, what did you think they would retire it when you ret- when you left? Or like they would retire your number right. or something?" So that to me says it's not like you can be 007, but James Bond isn't just a title. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. That makes sense because she wouldn't just take the number. She'd take the name. She'd take the name too. Yeah. Interesting. So go ahead. I I think it's it's just it's interesting to me Mm. that you you are now at the point where you don't consider these Bond movies. I just I don't. I really don't. They don't fit. They don't. There's really no like juice to them. There's a lot of action. This was fun. Like I will, I will admit for the first time, I enjoyed myself watching a Daniel Craig, James Bond movie, even though I don't think this is his best movie, but again, like they're good action movies for the most part. They just have nothing to do with James Bond. Okay. Like they, they lack the, they lack the suaveness. They lack the energy. They lack the uh, aloofness, maybe. Maybe they're too poignant. They're too, like... They're too uh, serious. Yes. They're, they're taking serious. themselves too serious. Yes, king and country and all this. It's like, let's just, you know, look, we're making a bomb. Goldeneye was very, very serious. It's like, you know, for England, James, that was the big line. And mm-hmm. we're doing this for the... And, and when M... You know, they made the because some, you know, I'll get criticized, but well, you just don't like change. But one of my favorite Bond movies had the biggest change of all. It's when they made M a woman and made a Judy Dench. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, this isn't a problem. In fact, Goldeneye saw everything change. It saw M change, money, penny change. Um, and the only thing that really stayed the same was Q, Desmond Llewellyn. Right. He stayed. Um, Tim, you know, Timothy Dalton, the Bernard Lee, who was M through everybody's tenure up to Pierce um, Brosnan. Timothy, uh, no, up to Timothy oh, Dalton. Timothy he Dalton. Died. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He just he got old and he died. Yep. So you know he had a different M and all that. I like the change isn't the problem. It's there is a feeling. There's something you have to capture in a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And they're not capturing it. Well, it's similar to like a lot of people talk about like you take like Superman, for instance, Zack yeah. Snyder's Superman, where it's like Superman doesn't kill. Mm-hmm. That's just he's he doesn't kill. Batman does not that's kill. It. Right. They don't kill. And that's fine. You did a version of them that do, but that's right. not really Batman. It's not really Superman. Exactly. So, exactly. like, I You're understand your element. standpoint. I do really like the Daniel Craig films, at least, you know, mm-hmm. I really like Casino Royale. I really like Skyfall. Um, and I'm excited to get to the end of my rewatch because I am going to stick to the order um, to watch, rewatch yeah. those yeah. films again. Um, Definitely. And I do, they, it's, a, I don't mind the, the take that they did. 
on Bond. They did it for mm-hmm. five movies. There's right. 26, 27 movies now. So, like, mm-hmm. for that to be, you know, a fifth of what all of the movies are, like, I'm good right. with I am with you though. Like I'm ready for some like there's not as high of consequence. We're not taking ourselves so serious bond. Like I'm ready for that to come back. I'm ready to tell some disjointed stories, some non-consecutive bond tales. And the, the other element that upsets me is, uh, I feel like because he's been Bond for now nearly 20 years, he started in 06, it's 2021, about to be 2022. You know, it's like... Seven, We're not going to get another Bond years. film probably until 2025. Right. Uh, but my, my issue is I feel like that over a decade, we really missed out on some great potential bond actors well do you think in this day and age mm-hmm. we can get a non-serialized bond number one right to one just because of this day and age and two yeah. because amazon bought mgm so if you have amazon buying mgm yeah. don't you think that now they're going to make series and and things like that do you think they're going to try to get as much out of the universe as they can cuz i don't think it's a universe like that where you can I be doing that is. i think you yes. you um weaken the product by right. oversaturating it's us with bond that's great, not, great not this type term. of thing that's exactly what oversaturating is the perfect description if you have something every day it's no longer special you know james bond movies were special because we were not seeing them all the time so i don't want to see it become a tv series i don't need a bond movie every year but like i need let me give me different tales give me because that's the other thing too that i think makes the telling non-consecutive stories with the james bond because even if you have the same actor, you're seeing a different movie every time. Whereas going to see Craig was like watching the same movie over and over again. Yeah. You know, that so like, you know, when you were watching Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Pierce Brown, it was a different movie every time. He's doing so, you know, it's a, you know, 90% of the James Bond plots are, you know, some evil leader is stole a nuclear weapon and is threatening to take over the world. So they are all essentially the same film, but it's your, you know, it's different because it's not interrelated with all these characters. Right. Right. And there's a, in, in all of the films prior to Craig, Mm -hmm. there is a, a um, self-aware ridiculousness to the plot of the villain that's originating back to Connery mm-hmm. where, you know, we had, I mean, we had in this latest one, there's nanobot viruses that download a particular person's DNA. And right. then they are now only contagious to the people who share <laughs> the DNA with that person. And like, that's an absurd it's bond absurd. villain plot. But it's right. not 
service that in that way. Exactly. Like it's not really they're not self-aware enough as right. to how ridiculous that is. And they did a good job of, of selling it. And it's like, I, I was okay. It, it was preposterous, but I was okay with it to a degree um, because of the way he sold it, how serious they took it. And everything mm-hmm. But my, you know, and, and how, like, how on the nose was this movie in the COVID generation? Well, without a doubt. And what's crazy is it was yeah. made prior to it. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. And it's exact. It's exactly what everybody's um, conspiracy theory is that it was manufactured. Right. Like, yeah. I was. It's like, oh my god. This is really a little more advanced, if you could believe it. But yeah. yeah. So. Um, but let's 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 do deep dive of this film specifically. You know, Remy Malik. Uh huh. So you get a scarred, odd but memorable villain, and yes. he's not in it. You know, he's in it in the beginning for a second. He's really he's not in, in the end. much of it. He's not in much of it at all. But it was peculiar enough where it might stick out. It's no, it's no Jaws. You know, it's no, no. Richard Keel from from the Roger Moore years. It's no Blofeld. It's no. Um, I'm trying to think. Nick Knack or Man mm-hmm. with the Golden Gun. But it was, you know, it was interesting. The silo base you know i i go for a hollowed out volcano layer i like that a doubt that was cool that was great i i will say the one thing about the there's not like i know there's a lot that hasn't you know when you go back and watch these films there's Mm -hmm. not a lot that there's certain things that don't age well right um there are some a lot of it though like you can understand the time of the era and stuff like that like one thing that i don't think needs to change that kind of did was like bond being a ladies man like that's that's okay and a lot of the time in a lot of these movies the the women are using bond just as much as the other way around so like that uh, but one thing i will say that i i would like for them to start moving away from is. that they even continued with the Craig films and in this latest one What's is that? using a villain with a deformity. Really? I think that's something they could start moving away from because it's you're highlighting like mm-hmm. that a deformity makes the per- is part of what makes the person a villain. Interesting. Where you have like you know like god forbid someone has like in real life has burns yeah on their face or something like right, that right, and right. they're associated or like scars or and things like that i would like for them to kind of flip that mm-hmm. trope on its head with future villains yeah okay all right I, I and that's get... not something that only James Bond does. No, no, that's yeah. something that across film, a lot of films uh, but like, have, have done as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's certain times where like, yeah, it's appropriate. It's part of the character. It's part of the, the, the influence. But I, I think you, it's not a necessary thing that they do. It's, it's I, not necessary. I it's agree... not essential to the villain. I agree with your sentiment, but I I disagree in as much as 
I find that that's some of what makes the, you know, the, the flavor of Bond interesting. Like, for example, um, in GoldenEye, uh, half of Sean Bean's face is messed up as a result of a mission he and Bond went on together. And so he, you know, it's Janus, it's Janus, the two-faced Roman God. That's the group right. he forms to be, you know. And um, uh, Stromberg in The Spy Who Loved Me has like webbed hands and he forms the, uh, he wants to like blow up the earth so that everybody can live underwater kind of thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm right. I, but I like now, like I can go back and point to really like every Craig villain had some sort of physical abnormality okay. you have um the weeping eye rob and... you have the weeping eye in casino royale i don't remember anything from quantum from... solace so i yeah, couldn't say um you have the face stuff that's right. going on with um javier bardem's character in skyfall right. um you have obviously blofeld has his scarred eye right um and then you have rami malik with his facial stuff going i don't know if, i don't remember if they were they were burns right his his face is no it wasn't is, burns. it was acid it was, or something like that it was a result of the poison it was like yes, the capillaries in his face yes. exploded or something so like that's every craig villain yes so far has yes, that. that's true you know what i mean like I, you I can go it. back and i would say more than half of the bond villains right. have some sort of physical abnormality to abnormality. them where it's like i think that's a trope that they could start moving away from I don't know if it's necessary. Yeah. All right. I can dig it. Let's let's also review. So we've got Blofeld in this for a brief period of time. Yes. Nice um, little twist there. Well, well, but hold on. Let's talk about, again, you're talking about deformities. Like this movie was made a little bit more interesting because of the mechanical eye, like that all-seeing eye. Yes. You know, like that's an interesting, again, Maybe that's another reason why I was more accepting of this film because they had elements of like, well, this is ridiculous. I'm having fun. You know, there's a, there's an eye that's going to do things. That's, I was okay with that. Um, He, they bring Blofeld back. There was an issue at the start in 2006 where uh, the rights to Spectre didn't necessarily belong to Eon production. So they invented quantum quantum was going to be the new specter. Right. And then they got the rights back. So they smashed up the two mm-hmm. and kind of like shoehorned specter back in, which I thought was like, you know, again, a little, you know, it's, that was an external factor that the, I won't blame right. Craig. They had to deal with the producers were like, we're going to do this. Yeah. Because we want Blofeld and everything. Uh, Christoph Waltz, I think, is amazing. Always. But again, I don't think he was a good Blofeld. Don't think he was a good Blofeld. Well, I he think. wasn't utilized. I don't I don't think it's the actor's fault. I, I think, think he, he was, wasn't used well? I think the only thing that's to the fault of Daniel Craig in mm-hmm. this series is the fact that he didn't want to do any more Bond films. And yes. he still made two more Bond films. Correct. Like, okay, you like, listen, you're doing the job that you're told. I think he was fine. He did. He played the role. He was 
asked to play and he played it well, but like there was no reason why you couldn't end with Skyfall, especially when you're out there saying that you don't want to do it anymore, which is fine. You don't want to do it. That's fine. But actually follow through with that. Don't complain for another 10 years and still right. cash in and make the next two movies. Exactly. I completely there's agree plenty of people on the planet that would love to be in the position that you're in. 100%. I would take that job if they offered it to me. And I would do it forever. I would <laughs> die being Bond. I would never be. Com- I would never complain about it. Now, interesting uh, enough. Yeah. That's that's what um, buried George Lazenby. Yeah, that he didn't want to continue. Documentary on. I watched. Right. Very. Well, so in- let's, let's move to the next thing, but like, let's leave this with what about uh, no time to die? Yes. Did you like? Did you not like? We're leaving it in the past. We're done with the Craig era. Let's, you know, what are we doing? So, Where are no we time to die specifically. Yes. I enjoyed the callbacks mm-hmm. that they had to previous movies. Okay. I enjoyed the, I felt like they made more of an effort in this film. Mm-hmm. for him to do his, the classic Bond one-liners. Yes. They did a lot of that, and that was great. Yeah. I appreciated mm-hmm. every single one of them. I think I chuckled. Um, yes. I liked all of the Bond women in this film were really great. Yes. Anna De- Armas, she's only in it for maybe 20 minutes, but she has a mm-hmm. great sequence. Um, a great action right. sequence. Um, Lashana Lynch, who plays the replacement 007, she does a really good mm. job. Um, obviously, the opening scene, as usual with the Craig films, that's the most memorable scene of the movie, I would say. Right. Um, or the most memorable action sequence. You get that classic kind of Craig chase scene. Yeah. Um, and then, Craig running. you know, what I didn't like was i i didn't enjoy the ending no i didn't like that um bond dies and i I didn't like that he has a child i didn't either i i agree with your assessment of your answers to my questions 99 percent. i agree with everything with the exception of the chemistry he had with What's her name? The mother of his child. Uh, I don't think he had any chemistry. Exactly. Exactly. And and here's the thing. They did a lot to ground this version of James Bond. Yes. Which is fine that that you want to do that. And they did it successfully Mm -hmm. through previous movies. They didn't need to continue to do that by giving him a daughter a hundred percent they didn't like we got it we already understood like he's a grounded james bond he he is more um emotionally attached to previous loves of his life current loves of his life like we understand his emotional attachments you didn't need to add another one on top of it for the sake of it didn't need to add another one on top of it for the sake of it 
I felt like that was shoehorned in with no real purpose other than the ending, other than this idea that now he could never touch her, hug her, be around her right. for fear of killing her. Um, shoehorned in. But the other thing that, and more so than the killing of Bond, the thing that upset me about the ending was I wasn't invested because I didn't feel he loved her enough. Like, okay. Yeah. I I didn't get the chemistry. Like if it was, I'm trying to think of a good, well, it's also because you you have to remember a previous movie that was going to be more recent and more relevant. True. But wasn't. And it also like, wasn't one of Craig's best movies wasn't one of his best albums. So it's like now you you're putting this much emphasis on a movie that people it it came and went for people yes. plus you're adding an extra two unintended years to people having seen that movie. Right. And it's a tough tough sell. It's a you 100% it is a tough tough sell that is you know and and it's maybe not necessarily the actress's fault. No, and, I don't think it's any of the, you know, the actor's fault. I think given yeah. what they... They just didn't have the they, chemistry. Yeah, it's just... I think, I think she was what it trying. Is. I think everybody was trying, but they didn't have the chemistry. You mentioned the one-liners. I thought they were spot-on, perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they were bringing them back. Uh, I love... Uh, and I don't like... Um, what's his name? Right. Uh Felix Leiter, essentially. Yes. Like I, I did not enjoy him as as Felix Leiter. I thought it was, you know, uh, it was okay. Uh, but I enjoyed his Daniel Craig's interaction with him. Yes. In this film, like that was the the more meaningful connection yes. out of any of them. Correct. I feel like in this so. film. So that was, you know, that was difficult. That was a problem for me. Um not getting the investment, not getting that relationship. But um, I'm, I am so excited to bid a fond farewell to, bon- to Daniel Craig. Let's be done. Let's move on. I am going to plug uh, a potential Tom Hiddleston, Ewan McGregor, or if you're going to go with an American, I think, John Hamm would be an interesting choice because I want him to be Batman and he's not going to be. Or going back to a British person, perhaps, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who, I, who, I'm, who my fourth pick is, but we need to get this right. We need to go back to the model that worked. It upsets me because we live in a world where these bots, it's, it's, they're going to look at these Daniel Craig movies as successful and they're going to want to model the next one after him. And it's going to just drive me away from bond. I think yes and no. I think you would be surprised because I've been like listening to a lot of podcasts uh, about the, Mm. the latest movie and, you know, reading a bunch of articles and stuff. I think you'd be surprised about the amount of bond fans that appreciated Craig's bond. Yeah. but are ready to move past this era now back to a more familiar bond. Yeah. Like similar to me, like I really enjoyed the, the 
Craig Bonds for the most part, but I'm ready for for some old school Bond. I'm ready. I'm just so, ready. We'll and see. We'll see. I'm going to tell you what something. happens. I I will I will leave it with this. I'm not opposed to a middle aged Bond. Okay. okay. Well, that's all we've kind of gotten. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, obviously, outside of Lazenby, outside of Lazenby, and Craigers and Timothy Dalton were in their third, well, and Pierce Brosnan were all when they started, I believe, in their thirties. Like they were young men. You know, Craig had that huge gap. You know, am I coming back? Am I not coming back? Then, then I am coming back, but COVID happened, so there mm-hmm. were delays. And, and he, he suffered the delays, and that's why he was older at the end of this. But, like, I, you know, I almost preferred his, his later bonds than his earlier bonds. Like, give me, okay. give me a middle-aged bond that's, you know, we're going to really be a spy. Or we're going to be suave as opposed to we're just going to plow through walls and be visceral and all this other stuff. For whatever reason, Craig always seemed older to me. But he is in his 50s now, but he always seemed older to me for whatever reason. Um, I, I will tell you that I will flee into the night screaming if they choose uh, Henry Cavill to be the next model. I don't think they're going to. I, I don't think they would do that. I don't think flee they would do that. screaming into the night. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, well, let's because it's a, a nice little segue. Let's move into um, our suggestions from last week. You suggested to me becoming Bond. I suggested to you Squid yes. Game. Um, Indeed, I'm going to talk quickly about becoming Bond because we talked a lot about on Her Majesty's Secret Service already. We um, and I so this was, uh, which I didn't realize this was specifically. The story of George Lazenby, um, who played Bond in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, Uh It was a a documentary, but done in a very interesting way where it's literally just the, the actor George Lazenby sitting down with an interviewer and telling his life story. And there are flashes to, um, actors who are playing out scenes from the story that he's telling right which i thought was a very interesting touch for a documentary it was almost a combination between documentary interview and like film and and bio film which i i enjoyed and there's another one out there about um about playboy about uh, hugh hefner that's done the same way. And I really enjoyed it. They came out around the same time. I think that was kind of a model. They were gotcha. Doing. Yeah. And I, I, I was surprised by some of the actors that showed up randomly, especially randomly for like little like bits. Like you had uh, Jake Johnson mm-hmm. was, was in it for like a, a very strange cameo. Um, they had uh, the, the agent from, curb your enthusiasm i forget his name he Uh, plays an agent he plays the agent who signs lazenby to um to be bond 
you had, and I, I'm forgetting his, her name from um, Wedding Crashers. Jane, oh, Jane Seymour. Jane, Jane Seymour. Jane she Seymour. She's in, in it. Roger Moore movie. Um, so very interesting. He is a crazy life story. It's very yep. 60s and oh, yes. 70s, his life story, you know. Um, and he he just wasn't made for that life. This was a little bit of a different thing than Craig, where like mm. when he said he didn't want to do it anymore, he actually followed through and didn't do it anymore. He meant it. And he says, you know, should I have done a second film? Probably. <laughs> but he's like, you know, he he had a very specific way of living his life. He was very free spirited. He kind of mm-hmm. um, did what he wanted when he wanted. And, you know, they were trying to put him in a particular box where he was always James Bond, whether on screen or off screen. He needed yeah, to be want him to grow a beard. Bond. Didn't want him to and hair. he just he wasn't going to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I respect him for that. And uh, I'm excited to get to his movie in my rewatch um, to really see, like, I never realized he was Australian. Yeah. Like, I know, I think the fact that they do use a lot of actors that aren't like, like Sean Connery wasn't British. <laughs> Correct. He was Scottish. George Lazenby was Australian. Right. Like you can, uh, it opens up the possibilities for the future for uh, who plays Bond as well. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I think, I think Bond should always be a European, but I do agree it could be almost anybody. Um, But so what did you think having like listened to him, seen his life story, and then some of the snippets about his Bond? Uh, does it make you more or less interested in Honor Majesty's Secret Service? I'm very interested in it because I, uh, for whatever reason, I know I've seen it. Um, I do know about the ending. I know I've seen the ending. Um, I always thought of it and had it in my mind from a young age that it was one of the worst Yes. Bond movies, especially because he was only it was in it only once. Right. And I felt like that was why. I remember feeling that as a kid too. And now having like heard more discourse about it and seen more, you know, yeah. lists of the best Bond movies and more people talk about their favorite Bond movies and seeing that on those lists. I'm I'm excited to do an actual like sit down, not have my phone on or anything and actually watch it. And right. I, I feel like I'm going to appreciate it more and probably see it in that same light again. Yeah. And judge it as an adult, understanding a spy genre, understanding right. a James Bond movie, you know, like I, I absolutely on my rewatch had a different opinion of it than when I was younger. Yeah. You know, and, and the opinion was I liked it. There you go. So, uh, I even think I even think Craig used the same car uh, that he uses in this movie too. So, but so anyway, 
Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, how, how do you feel about George Lazenby as a person? He's, I mean, bird. he's a strange bird. He, I, I think he, again, like he lived very like, he's he going with the flow. See, yeah. very confident, exudes confidence. Exudes. He, he's one of those where he was going to go where life took him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, which he'll even admit, um, that lifestyle worked out for him in almost every yeah. way, except for, you know, that he, he missed out on the love of his life because of it. Yep. And he'll still say it to, and that's, you know, that was Which really was nice element. Yeah. That was a nice element that one that he was self-aware to acknowledge that I, right. I hope that he kind of understands because it didn't come across in the, the, the doc um, that like it wouldn't have been fair to the love, the quote unquote love of his life for him to try to be with her being the person that he was at the time, there was no way he would have been able to be with her and live the lifestyle he led and be James Bond. It just wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. happen. Uh, Yeah. Which I thought, you know, it was an interesting look at what Craig has kind of been complaining about, which is I want to move on. I want to do something else. I did this, you know, but uh, other, you know, there's something to be said for locking into your franchise and cashing out and making it work. Yeah. Like they wanted to sign Lazenby to seven films. Right. You know, so I don't know. I, I dug it. I think he did a good job. He bluffed his way in, but uh, he was definitely not in my estimation, the worst bond. There you go. There we go. So you, do you want me to do my, let's, suggestion th- let's just do the, let's just do the suggestion now. What, you had I me suggested Squid Game. Squid Game. Now I did not make it through the entire season. Okay. I did a few episodes. All I right. Did it in the in the original Korean, I believe. Okay. And you did subtitles. I did subtitles. Um, I have a fifty-fifty opinion on this. Okay. I think. I think an American version is coming because this is absolutely, which I guess this is the American version. Like they made it, but I mean, this is worth so much money for Netflix now yeah. that they're just going to do multiple seasons of this. They don't need an American version. They don't need an American version, but like, I feel like maybe there's a, a movie of, of this type of theme coming. Something is coming. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, in with an English actor, whatever you want to say. But the concept, I think, is genius. The concept is genius. It says a lot about the world we live in that, like, you know, you're, we're going to, you know, we'll wipe out your debt, but essentially we're going to kill everyone first. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it's, it didn't, it's not holding me all the way through. Okay. And and like, You know, I don't know what to attribute it to. That's why I say I have a 50-50 opinion. I think everyone is doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's selling it. They're all in, like, I believe this is happening to these people as preposterous as it is. Right. 
you know, so like they're doing an amazing job of acting. I would liken this to, um, let's see, there's an old one, Logan's Run, uh, Rollerball. What is a modern version? <sighs> if I was to liken this to something today, I would say it's like that. Um, they, they, it was a Justin Timberlake movie, uh, Out of Time, something like that. Okay. Where they, these people had like a finite amount of time to live. Huh. And, and then they got like, you either bought more time or you took over someone else's time. I gotcha. Yeah. A, 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 I never a, saw that movie, but I know, I know, know of concept. it. I remember it. Yeah. And maybe an American version of this that is that is scaled way down, but the concept is the same, is Breaking Bad. Because the concept is the system is so rigged against you, you had to turn to crime to pay your bills. Right. Like he had to become a crack dealer or a meth dealer in order to pay for his life-saving cancer mm -hmm. treatment. And that was the theme of the show that ran for seven years or whatever it was. Yeah. Like that was the core concept. So in this show, you know, the debt is so crippling and so crushing and no one has a way out that they turn to this heinous uh, game. And then knowing, game. knowing that what the penalty mm -hmm. is after being surprised by it after the first game, they all return to the game. They have right. the chance to stop and not play. And 90 something percent of them it come back no and, one off. and play. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they, it's, it's crazy there. Them. And then it's also a commentary on, on the rich and mm -hmm. what they will do. Yes. You know, they're just bored and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll pay off your debt. You just have to do this sick you, exactly. stuff. Exactly. And then maybe you get a chance to be one of us. And that's, I mean, again, I think the concept is genius. I'm just, I'm not finding myself able to, you know, ride it, ride it out to the end. Yeah. I kind of, I, I felt that way as well while watching it mm -hmm. very, I felt very similarly, but I was watching it with my wife okay. who was like, right. Oh, let's watch the next one. Let's watch that. So I was like, right. okay, yeah, let's watch the next one. So you just um, also just the discourse on it. I am. I think that what kind of got me where I wasn't like absolutely in love with it was I didn't understand. Like, I think it was very good. I mm -hmm. I'm glad that I watched it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was interesting. Um, it was well worth my time. I just yeah. I. I am puzzled by how hot it got. Yeah. That's what's just not connecting with me is why this is like the biggest show in the history of Netflix. Cause I think there's better shows on Netflix. I guess I would agree with that, but you know what it is? I think the reason it got that hot is because while there are better structured shows, I think this is currently the most interesting concept for everyone yeah. to talk well, about. I think part of it too was, was timing as well. Because yes. what else was out when this dropped? Nothing. You know, we didn't have succession we're yet. We, we were waiting for movies. We were waiting for shows. Like, 
it was also, I think timing played a, a big role in it on, on yeah. why this was such a big success. There were no Disney plus shows going on. Like it literally hit right in, in the perfect moment for it to take off. But um, let's move on here. Mm -hmm. And we are going to do a new segment that we are calling trailer trash talk. Oh yeah. And we are going to talk three of the, the new trailers that dropped this week, starting with Morbius. Morbius. What were your thoughts upon seeing this trailer? I know this has been delayed mm-hmm. yes. multiple times. It's not coming till next year now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is part of the Sony Spider-Verse. Um, right. I... This is probably the 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 most in-depth look we've gotten mm-hmm. at this movie. Yep. What What are your feelings and thoughts? My my initial reaction was positive. I think this is going to be a good movie. I think it's going to be interesting. I think the effects are going to be worthwhile. He has a he has a Bram Stoker's 1992, I think, Dracula look to him, which is very on brand with on brand. the uh, comics as well. Absolutely. Like when he f- morphs, morphs into the vampire version of himself, right. he looks very much like what the the um, comics were. And and everybody has to remember that like the pro- the most popularized version of this was actually in the Spider Man cartoon in the nineties. Yes, that's correct. Because Morbius was not a super popular character in the comics. So in the cartoon the the sensors would not allow like for him to be sucking on anyone's neck in a kid's show right so they had it be like he his absorbed hands. your blood through his hands and he didn't really morph um so i think this is perfect i think they're doing everything right you know as a comic book fan you and i you know i, I dig the sticking close to the source material what upsets me a little bit is i think they're making this like a fun movie which sounds weird to say but morbius should be tormented right and this seems like he's having a little bit too much fun i would agree like you're you're referencing the last line of the trailer yeah basically when he's messing with the people and he says i am venom no i'm just kidding i'm dr morbius um yeah uh I'm curious as to like what the actual vibe of this movie is supposed to be. Right. I also I didn't get a like, vibe from the thing. Like I, I get it. Like a lot of superhero movies, like especially like MCU movies, they, you know, throw in a lot of humor mm-hmm. and stuff and, and jokes and everything. I don't think that needs to be every single movie. Right. Not every single movie needs to be doing that. Um, I'm just like, confused and i guess we're not going to find out until the movie comes out is like where this stands in the sony slash marvel it is peculiar because venom gets name dropped right who's obviously firmly in the sony verse until you know we'll see what happens with spider-man no way home and then you have um you have Michael Keaton's Vulture 
make mm-hmm. another appearance in another Morbius trailer. So he's right. from MCU Spider-Man. So is that connected as well? Um, are we going to get any, you know, like Blade is coming. Mersha Ali right. is playing Blade. Are, are they going to get the crossover there? Is Sony going to be able to make this work long enough with Marvel where they can really just join universes or and, are we just getting our hopes up way too much? And they're really just like playing with our heartstrings here. And really what's happening is Michael Keaton and, and um, Tom Holland and all the Spider-Man properties, they're firmly coming over to Sony once all is said and done. That's the thing. It's my fear is they're going to blow the the tone like i don't i'm not confident they're getting the they're matching the tones of these films yeah because Um, they're not giving us a clear image so that's what i have to say about that agreed stranger things we got a look a different look at um the upcoming season and we got a loose a little bit more information on the date it is now instead of just 2022 it's summer of 2022 that we'll mm-hmm. be getting season four of stranger things and this trailer was mainly a highlight of life with the uh, buyers and right 11 i i mean i'm in i'm in the bag it's again it's been years uh I want to see the end of the story. I want to see where we're going with this. This was another one where the concept was genius. And it was, you know, it was kind of everything I, I needed it to be. It was strange, sci-fi, not taking itself too serious, a little meta. You know, it was nice. Um, so I'm in the bag already. I, I think, what are your thoughts? Because I'm, I'm, I wonder, has it like been too thought. long? I, I think like, it may. They may I enjoy. I enjoy Stranger Things a lot. Like yeah. Stranger Things is one of those where, like, when it comes out, when a new season drops, yeah, I'm done with it in a weekend. Correct. That's Which correct. is like, you know, good and bad. So part of me is like, maybe I'll do a rewatch of it before season four but the other right. part of me is like i really don't want to sit and watch all of those episodes again it feels like it would be work it does feel like it would be work i'm not going to rewatch those episodes because it just absorbing it the first time was special it was like oh that's shocking oh that's interesting oh i didn't see them going yes. that way what is the upside down now that i know it already it, it will seem like work and I do think they will suffer from the time lapse. Right. But I got to I got to check in. Like, I got to see it. Without I'm glad it's streaming. I'm glad it's free and I don't have to pay for it. Because I, I, I agree. I, I, yeah, I it's a it's a tough rewatch for me because like a lot of it hinges on, oh, what's going to happen next? Yes. So like I know what happens next, but at the same time, I probably need a rewatch because there's a lot I don't remember because when you're watching a whole season in a weekend, you're not really absorbing everything the way you could be if you were, you know, watching it week to week. But we will see. We are excited for that to come out this summer. And lastly, lastly, Book of Boba Fett. 
I am so ready for the book of Boba Fett. It's not even funny. I, I, it, it feels like what I want it to be. The only disappointment I have, the absolute only disappointment is that it's modern Boba Fett. It's not, not like taking me back to right. Return of the Jedi, you know, era Boba Fett. What's interesting to me is what it seems like the approach is going to be for this series, mm-hmm. where it seems like this is almost going to be about like the politics of the like underworld. bounty hunter okay, underworld, yeah, right. you know, um, which I I didn't know. Like I figured it was going to be like a bounty hunter, like kind of action mm-hmm. type thing. This almost looks like it's going to be like and- the Sopranos of Star Wars. Yeah. Which I think, you know, I think they're doing that purposely because Mandalorian works so well, and Mandalorian was so much about like the rules. Yeah. So I think they're they're trying to stick with that notion. They also didn't reveal too much. Like we know um, the two main characters who are going to be in it. But yeah. There wasn't really much of an introduction of who else is going to be in this. Correct. So, I mean, this comes out December 29th. What is your excitement level for that show? I am, I am a cautious seven. Um, I'm a conservative seven, but I'm, I'm, I'm a secret nine because I want to see Boba Fett in uniform. I just hope they, like, they got what's-his-name a treadmill for like the off-season. <laughs> Because, like, let's let's get him in shape and have him looking like Boba Fett again. Well, you know, he's he's up there, man. That's not an easy. Uh... But he's up there, but also like he hasn't taken over yet. Like this will be the first year he's taken over. He's been living in the desert. He should he should be starving a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like he's looking like a well-fed, like almost like why take over and have the headaches of being the boss when you're not missing a meal. Tamara Morrison is. 61 years old okay well then if he's going to start a second job in his retirement he needs to stay in shape (laughs) okay fair enough fair enough let us move on to our suggestions for this week oh yeah now i have a i have a idea okay okay my idea is do you want to discuss uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Or do you want to do alternate suggestions or something or a rewatch leading up to some of the releases that are coming? That is interesting. I think I think what we'll do, because we spent so much time talking about James Bond in mm-hmm. this episode... I think yeah. we'll give our listener a break. Gotcha. From that next week. Do you want to do a communal eternals discussion? But let's do a communal eternals discussion because okay. that the one thing I do like that we do is we give people a breather. Everyone yes. is coming out with their immediate reactionary takes on the movie that just came out this past week. We want to let people breathe, give people a chance to actually see the movie. So we will do an extra week. So we will talk about Eternals next week. 
Um, yeah. We will talk about our suggestions. We will do uh, a larger um, round of rolling or trolling because, mm. you know, we, we went long with our bond talk, which I thought was great, but yes. we could do, we missed out on rolling or trolling this week. We'll bring it back next week. And then I know I have a suggestion for you for Ooh. this week, and it is a recent release that you will be able to stream. Interesting. Carry on. Um, so this movie just came out this past week. Gotcha. And it stars a lot of actors that I am a big fan of. A lot of current okay. uh, good big time names. It is a throwback to um, just it, it's a real true western cowboy movie. Wow. Which right. was great modernized to some extent as far as like stylistically um but yes. it really took a lot of influence and really stayed true to the genre which i thought gotcha. was great um this came out on netflix and it's called the harder they fall the harder they fall and i think okay. you're gonna really like it i think you're gonna I really like it it stars um, Jonathan Majors, Ooh, okay. who obviously played Kang. He's 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 uh, he's making his way up. Kang. He's a, he's a young and upcoming actor. He he is the star of the movie. You have um, other people you'd be familiar with. Obviously, you have uh, Idris Elba. Right. Um, he plays the villain. You have uh, Lakeith Stein Stanfield is in it. Uh, Regina King is in this. Um, Damon Wayans Jr. has a bit part that is very funny. Um, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people. There's going to be a lot of familiar faces. Um, gotcha. when you do watch this movie. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for you to watch it because I I was like very. It kind of came out of left field. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised at how much I liked this movie. Okay. I will absolutely watch that. And I'm sure I will enjoy myself. The harder they fall. The harder they fall on Netflix. Okay. My suggestion for you is I have two. Um, I'd like to go with one, though you may have seen it. Uh, the one I want to go with is a comic book related. I believe it was Dark Horse. So it's not necessarily related to the... Okay the marvel or dc universe but it is about uh figures from quote unquote real life from you know things that we're familiar with for example uh, satan um okay yes it's like you know the underworld demons things like that Uh Um, and i feel like it fits in with the eternals because the idea behind the Eternals is that they are godlike. Okay. You know, they're 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 deity adjacent. Yes. As it were. Correct. Um, have you seen Spawn? I have not seen Spawn. Okay. Uh, it is not suitable for your child. No, oh, of course not. Yes. But it is on Netflix. Okay. 
it does have uh, John Leguizamo, one of my favorite people on the planet. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. Martin Sheen doing an amazing job. Okay. Okay. And I feel like you will enjoy what this. Oh, ah, I have I have voices. It's it's giving you the. There we go. Um. I feel you will enjoy what it has to offer. Okay, I'm excited because I've never, I've never consumed anything Spawn related. Yeah, that obviously and, originated with comic books, big yes. toy line, and the it's movie been was big. There was been a cartoon. Yep. You know, it's it's out there. Like it's a thing. It's like it's a cult's favorite. It really kind of is. Where, where that's a character that people want to that universe to come back and, and yes. stuff like that so they want it to be successful yeah uh, okay i'm i'm in i'll i will watch spawn so there you go i'm gonna watch spawn you're mm. gonna watch the harder they fall oh, uh, yeah. we are going to do a big eternals pod next week and we'll also kind of just go over you know the latest in the mcu oh my gosh and friday is disney plus day Oh, we are going to have so much to talk about. So much to talk about next week. Disney uh, we appreciate you guys as always for listening to the podcast. Please, wherever you are listening to, subscribe and rate and review. You're on all the major podcast platforms, including uh, Apple and Spotify and Neil's fantastic wonderful amazing website glued to the screen.com that's glued the number two screen.com neil what do you have to say to the people stream on everybody